Hey, let's get into the word. Let's get into the word. Would you have a seat? I want to read one verse to you. That's what we're going to work on. Um, the one, just because the length of the verse does not indicate the length of the message. Just because the text is short doesn't mean the message will. Come on, somebody. Amen. But you're on revival nights. You came for the word. You came to, to get with it. And there's currently no clock up there, which is, this is my dream. This is my dream. There is no clock on the back screen. So I can go as long as I want. First uh, Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. First Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. It'll be on the screen for you. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I've rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. One translation says, and move on. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. This would be King David. Are you with me? Um, it's all right if you talk to me. We, the message is better if we preach it together. That's my theory. Are you y'all all right? Y'all good? All right. Um, so I enjoy, I was, never mind. I don't enjoy running. I was going to say I enjoy running. I run. And no, nobody's chasing me. I've only run once when somebody was chasing me. That was the police and that was the middle school. But that's another story. It's under the blood and there's a statue of limitations that has been reached where I can no longer be convicted for that. Aren't you thankful for grace? Come on. Don't look at me like you're so holy. We all got a past. And, um, but I, 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 like, I, like, I don't like running, but I like after I run because I know I burned some calories and I like the accomplishment and I got into doing some races and stuff. So the other day I was reading about running and some of you are thinking, you need a life. I may. But I was reading about running and um, I was reading about the 400 by um, four relay or the 100 by four relay where every runner runs 100 meters, give or take. Some people run a little bit more, some people run a little bit less, but it equals out to be 400 meters that they run. And here's what I thought was fascinating about that is that there is um, a box that they call, I don't know if it's technically or, or you know, part of the rules, but there's a 20 meter box whenever you run a relay race, because you know in a relay race you hand off a a baton, right? So one runner starts out and they're running and then they hand the baton to the next person. There's a 20 meter box in which they hand that baton off. And in that baton handing moment, it's called the changeover box or the transition box. This is the box where the person that is about to receive the baton begins to accelerate so that the person that is coming with the baton doesn't have to decelerate in order to hand it off. Here's the deal. Gold medals are won or lost in that box. They're not necessarily won in the laps around the track. They're won in the transition from one baton of one person to the next person. When the baton is lost, you will not be standing on the box at the end having the national anthem played and having a, a medal put around your neck. Are you following me? It happens in the transition. Somebody shout transition. Um, God is a God of seasons. Can I teach you a little bit? God's a God of seasons. If you don't understand that, um, your walk with Jesus will become very frustrating and confusing a little bit because you will think that because um, a new calendar year has turned over that God should act in a new way in your life. But just because it has become January 1 doesn't mean that God is done with the season you were in on December 31st. Are you following me? He's a God of seasons. You can look around creation and know he's a God of seasons because uh, where, where we're at in Virginia, we have the fall, then we have the winter, then we have the spring, and after spring comes... All right, y'all. Comes... All right, it's Olaf's favorite season, right? 
It's the movies I get to watch. Y'all saw my family. So God's a God of seasons. The Bible tells us that as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, time, and harvest, right? There is a season to plant. There is a season to germinate the seed, water the seed, fertilize the seed. Then there is a season to harvest the seed. If you don't understand the season you're in, you'll be frustrated because you want to harvest, but you are in fertilizing season. Or you will want to harvest, but you'd miss planting season. And since you miss planting season, you have no seed to harvest if you are out of season. And so you got to know that God is a God of seasons and you got to be in the right season and know what to do in that in that season. There are different seasons in your life, right? There is elementary school and then you go to middle school, right? And from middle school, you're like, I think it was middle school. <laughs> and then out of middle school, you go to High school, right? This isn't a trick question. I'm not trying. I'm just, I'm getting you with me. Out of high school, you go to a career, you go into college, you graduate that, and then what? It's time to go in and pay for all the student loans you took out. Hello, somebody, to get through college. Y'all following me? And so if you don't understand the seasons, then you'll operate wrong in the seasons. But here's what I found, is that we often don't have a problem living in the season that we're in. We often drop the baton in the transition from one season to another. So we get stuck in the changeover box that we're needing to let go of this season and take hold of the new season, but it's in the letting go and the taking hold of that we often get, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure which direction I should go. So I find myself stuck and life becomes a merry-go-round. The names change and the faces change, but the situations remain the same. Because we're just, once again, I'm dealing with bitterness once again. I'm dealing with unforgiveness once again. I'm dealing with financial collapse once again. I'm in another relationship, out of it, back in it, out of it, back in it. Why? Because I haven't correctly moved in between the seasons. I'll give you a biblical example of this in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel. God is leading them out of slavery. Joshua is going to lead the people out of slavery and into, or Moses is going to lead the people out of slavery into the promised land and they're out. Then Moses goes off the scene. Joshua comes onto the scene and then God says, I'm going to send some spies into the land, right? Are y'all following me? I'm sorry. Moses is still on the scene. This is a different one. Joshua is the mother. Moses is still on the scene. I'm going to send 12 spies into the land, right? Joshua and Caleb come back and say, it's ours. It is the promised land. I failed eighth grade English, but I do know that when you put an ED on the back of a word, it means past tense. It was the promised land. Their job was not to go assess whether or not they could take it. Their job was go to assess how great it was going to be when they did take it. So they go to assess it, but 10 people come back and they speak doubt and fear into the people. One of the saddest verses in all the scriptures to me is that the 10 people came back and they spread a bad report throughout the land. 10 people caused a million people to miss their destiny. They were supposed to be in the changeover box for a few days, for maybe a few weeks, not 40 years. But they wandered around in a wilderness. And some scholars say that they wandered around in just a few miles sphere. So they continue to pass the same tree, pass the same rocks, 
look at the same thing. Go the same, but they just continued to do it for 40 years until a generation of disbelief died off. But there was a generation of Joshua and Caleb's that would rise up and say, I refuse to be stuck in the middle of two seasons. God has called me to a greater thing. I will step in to this new season with faith. And I would propose that maybe for some of you, some of the issues then the the place where you feel stuck in life is that you have not transitioned out of the one season into the next. And you're in this wilderness moment of sorts. Where it's like, God, when is my breakthrough? God, when is my blessing? When is the next step? I see everybody else again. I hear people talk about it. We're preaching about it. But when is, when is my time? And it could be that you're not waiting on God, but God is waiting on you. See, Samuel, and I want to teach this whole text from Samuel's vantage point. Samuel is in a moment of transition. So let's back up a little bit and can we do a little Bible study? So 1 Samuel 15, you can go back and read the text. God has told through Samuel, there's Samuel and then there's King Saul, all right? Samuel and King Saul. So God has sent a message to Saul the king through Samuel the priest. This is the way the Old Testament would work, by the way. There were kings and there were priests. The king cared for the care and the protection of the people. The priest would care for the spiritual side of the people, bring a word from God often to the people and to the king. So Samuel's brought a word to the king and said, God has told you, Saul, this is what you are to go to do. You're to go into battle and you're to do these things. And he gave him X, Y, and Z, you're what you're supposed to do. And so Saul went into battle and the Bible says this. It said that Saul did not holy, not H-O-L-Y, like holy, clean, but W-H-O-L, are you following? Holy or completely or fully obey God. So he went into battle and he did a little bit of what God said. But he didn't fully obey God. So then God goes to Samuel and says, Samuel, King Saul has not fully obeyed me. So I have now rejected him as king. I want to parenthetically insert in this moment for you that God did not say that he rejected Saul the person. He rejected Saul in the position. Are you following me? Because God is not a God that rejects you just because you don't do what he says. However, he may reject the position that you're in until you prove trustworthy to step back into that position. So you may find yourself stuck in a season in between because you didn't fully obey. Let me say it this way. We want full blessing on partial obedience. Are we talking now? God, we want you to, we want 100%, but we only going to be 50-50 with you. We'll go halvesies, God. I'll do like half of what you said, but I still want to keep a little bit of the equity in the deal. I still want to have a little stake in it, God. So maybe I'll go 75-25. God's like, no, I'm 100% God. I'm Lord. I'm King. I'm God over all creation. Matter of fact, I spoke and things came into existence. I don't go 50-50 with you. I go 100%. I ask for full obedience. What does he say? Obedience is better than sacrifice. But God, look at what all I've done for you. And God is like, sacrifice is great. I want obedience. Because obedience tells me that I have your heart. 
tells me that I have you surrendered to me. Saul goes, even when Samuel came to approach him, he goes, hey, before Samuel could say anything, because I knew, I think Saul knew that he didn't fully obey. He's like, Samuel, look what I did. I did this, and then I created an offering to the Lord. I worshiped. I exalt thee. I raised my hands. I worshiped. I, I was in the moment. But he didn't wholly obey. He didn't fully obey the word of the Lord. So I think sometimes we don't fully obey the word of the Lord because we, like, um, we like to stay in our comfort, right? But, but staying in comfort, we don't get to experience the power of God in our life. We, we don't transition well when we're worried about comfort. I think about Peter. Peter's one of my favorite um, individuals in the whole New Testament, next to Jesus, right? I mean, Jesus wins every time. Anytime anybody asks you something in church, to be like, Jesus. If you don't know the answer, where's the bathroom? Jesus. It's always right. You'll seem really spiritual. Don't do that. You'll seem weird. So I, lo I love Peter. And the reason I love Peter is because he's like, he's like halfway Christian. You know what I'm saying? I mean, read your New Testament. Peter like will fly off at the handle. He carried a blade. He cut some dude's ear off in the garden. I just feel like I could build a great church with those kind of people. Like 50% Christian, 50% hood, and carries a blade. <laughs> you know, know what I'm saying? Like I love Peter, but this is why I love Peter. Because Jesus walks in the water up to the boat, and Peter goes, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come out. Jesus says, come on, and Peter steps out both feet. And everybody's always like, well, Peter sank. You know, he didn't have faith and he sank and he should have faith. Got his eye false Jesus. I have no problem with Peter sinking because he walked on the water, y'all. You know what I have a problem with? Why'd the other 11 stay in the boat whenever Jesus gave them the opportunity to walk on the water? But you don't walk on the water if you stay in comfort. You don't walk in the water if you stay in comfort. So you don't walk in the water if you just want to go 50-50 with God. Well, I want to go one foot out. No, you don't get to walk on the water with one foot out. You don't get to transition into the next season of blessing and of purpose and of destiny with, I just do what I want to do, one foot, God. See, I think we want to make contracts with God. But God doesn't do contracts, he does covenants. We, we, want, we want to ride it out and be like, God, hey, do you mind to sign off on this thing? And God goes, no, 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 I don't do contracts. Ask Abraham, I do covenants. I don't, I don't need any of your involvement. I just need you to sign the blank piece of paper and then let me write the story of your life. And let me tell you this, that if you will sign the blank piece of paper, fully obey God and say, God, you write the story of my life. It'll be a story of adventure. It'll be a story of miracles. It'll be a story of blessing. I don't know about you, but I want to get to the end of my life and look back over the life and sit around with my grandkids and go, that time God came through and that was a miracle of God and only God could have done that. And we saw God do that and we saw God do that I don't want to get to the end of my life and have played it safe in the boat I don't want to have played it safe going God I'll kind of partially obey but but I'd rather have a kind of want to stay comfortable can I just say to you the American dream is not God's dream for you don't waste your life chasing something that will not have eternal impact on your life Spend your life chasing God and it'll be the adventure of your life. And you'll see miracles and signs and wonders. You'll walk on water, but you can't do it obeying him partially. 
He calls for wholehearted obedience. And that wholehearted obedience, if I can just be real honest with you, is hard sometimes. Samuel's in a transition moment. He has got to tell Saul, you've been rejected as king, but then he's got to go anoint David as the new king. It's, it's a moment of transition. And I know that Samuel, from the text, I can tell that he loves Saul. Because the Bible said that he wept through the night. Chapter 15, he wept through the night. Can I tell you, you need some people in your life that will tell you the truth but aren't happy when they have to tell you hard truths. I love the heart of Samuel. I want to have the heart of a pastor like Samuel. That I'm willing to get up and say, thus says the Lord Saul. But you got to know, bro, before I had to tell you this hard truth, I cried all night long. Because I didn't want to do it, but I did it because I want to fully obey God. Are you following me? I just, I don't want to paint a picture that transitioning in between seasons is easy, that it's easy to let go of one and grab hold of another. I don't want to paint a picture that if you walk by faith with Jesus, that it's just roses and butterflies and lilies and it's just wonderful all the time. Sometimes God will call you to do something that's hard and that's uncomfortable and that pushes you out of the zone that you like to be in. But can I tell you, if you're going to see the miraculous, you've got to obey regardless of how you feel. Are you following me? I just want to give you a clear picture of it. That sometimes God will call you into things where you're like, God, I don't know if I want to do that. And I, as for some of you, it may be as little as every week you hear, go next steps, do next steps. And you're like, you just haven't done it yet. And God's like, hey, whenever you're willing to go all in, I'm willing to go all in. When, when you go first, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. God, I don't, I don't want to be generous. God calls you to be generous. That's hard. It's hard. Are y'all with me? I don't say it to pat me on the back, but my wife and I had a goal that we would get to a day where we double tithe back to our church. And, and last year we hit that goal. Every year a percentage, a little bit more, a little bit more, another percentage, another percentage, till we got to a double. So we were bringing a tithe and then doubling that in the offering. You think that's easy? I mean... I've seen a few Harleys I could buy with that. And I love motorcycles. But you know what? I've also seen a blessing of God in my life and the windows of heaven open in a way that I never dreamed possible, but I was willing to obey the hard thing. And would it feel good? Are y'all, y'all okay? I don't, I don't want to Debbie Downer you. I just want to call you to a higher level of obedience, higher level of sacrifice. Higher level of following after God. It's easy to follow God. It's easy to come in and worship when everything's going great. Can you come in and worship whenever you cried the whole way here? And go, he's still faithful. He's still good. It's it's easy to obey when everything's going your way. It's easy when that obedience is going to bring something that's going to benefit you. But what about when the obedience may cause you to lose the relationship? The end of chapter 15 said that Samuel went back to Ramah. Saul went back to his place and they never spoke to each other again. And Samuel was mourning. He was mourning the dream of everything Saul could have been. He was mourning. He was hurting. This wasn't a great day for him. Are you following me? He's in the middle of transition. I'm telling you, to leave one season and go to another season isn't an easy thing all the time. And sometimes we don't move because we're unwilling to let go of this season. We're unwilling to look at this season and go, God has rejected you and I've got to move on to something new. And that's not easy. But if you don't want to stay stuck, 
you're going to have to get a spine of steel in the spirit and speak to that thing and go, God is done with that. Some of you are trying to resuscitate the thing God has rejected in your life. You are trying to CPR that thing to death and God has already moved on. God's going, I've rejected that. I've done with that. I've moved on to something new. And God is going, why are you stuck in this season trying to revive something back to life that I don't want to bring back to life? I've rejected it. It's time for you to move on to a new season. Is this helping anybody? I feel God in this place. So it comes to the end of chapter 15 and Saul went his way, Samuel went his way and it said that Samuel went back to his house and he mourned Saul. He was grieving him. And this is where we come into the text in chapter 16 verse 1 and it says this, he asked him a question. We learned this morning that God never asked a question because he needs to know the answer. He's God. He asked a question to reveal something about the person. And he says to Samuel, how long will you mourn? How long are you going to mourn? How long are you going to stay stuck wishing it had been different? How long are you going to stay wishing it turned out a different way? How long, you, how long, how long, Samuel, how long are we going to do this, bro? I think there's some reasons that we stay in a moment of mourning, and maybe that would be strong language that you wouldn't use, but we stay holding on to the past. I think there's three reasons. Number one is I think it's because we wished we could have changed it. Or we think we can fix it. Well, I can fix this if I just have enough time. If I could just talk to them enough, right? I could get them to see it my way. I can change the situation. I can repair the relation. I, I can fix this. I, I can do this. And so we just stay stuck going, they're, they're eventually going to come around. It's eventually going to turn two years later. It's gonna, I'm going to fix it. Three years later, wasted time, wasted energy, no boundaries, wasted effort. We think we can fix it. So we, we mourn it. God's saying, hey, Samuel, how long are we staying at this juncture? Because I, I got a new king I need you to anoint. I think another reason that we stay stuck in the transition and we keep mourning is because we just dreamed it would be different. How many of you know the death of a dream is a hard thing? Well, I, I dreamed the marriage would be different. I mean, I had all these dreams on the day that we made the commitment and we covenanted this. We're going, God's going to, for better, for worse. I just dreamed it would be different and I just, I can't, I can't move on. You know what's interesting to me? Is that Saul went to his house, Samuel went to his house, Samuel is still mourning. So although he is not still physically in the presence of Saul, he is still emotionally stuck in that last season. Can I tell you something? You could have moved on from something five years ago physically, but some of you are still stuck in that season emotionally because you have not let it go yet. And you're still mourning because it wasn't what you dreamed it would be. I think the other reason that we often stay stuck mourning or wishing it was different or wishing we could change it or stuck in that transition between Saul and David 
is because it is difficult to move to a new season when it looks like it's a downgrade. Let me work on, work on this for a minute. When we first started the church, our church, and what you said was so kind, and uh, I was kind of wondering who he was introducing. I was like, is there somebody else speaking? When we started, we had 50 people. I didn't know anything. I didn't know what it was to be a senior pastor. I'd never been that. Um, I always thought I'd be like an associate. I didn't even think my calling was to be a senior pastor. I didn't think I could preach. Um, I didn't think I had insight in the word, like was needed to pastor. So I just had a lot of, I knew everything I was not. <laughs> um, and God just decided to, to do it anyways. And so um, I was, I'm, I'm really frugal, which your pastor is as well. Siri is loving this message right now. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's one thing I just want to say to you in conversations we've had um, that your confidence in the generosity here should be super high in your ability to invest in this ministry because the stewardship is incredible. We, we operate our ministry on 67% of total revenue. So we have a lot of margin to do a lot of mission and expansion. And when I started talking to your pastor, I'm like, wow, we're, we're not doing that great. I need to go back home and work on that some more. But we were small. We were 50 people, you know, trying, just trying to learn. I was going everywhere I could to learn because I knew that leaders are learners. I at least knew that, that I had to be hungry for knowledge and, and growth. And I knew that God wasn't just dropping my brain. I needed to go get it. I knew what Proverbs says, that wisdom is supreme. Whatever you got to do, get it if it costs you everything. And so I was willing to pay. I, I would call pastors and say, I'll pay you like 100 bucks for lunch. Not, not, I'll pay you for your lunch too, but I'll personally give you money if you'll go to lunch with me and let me pick your brain because I just need knowledge. So we went to this conference in Atlanta from Virginia, which is like a 13-hour drive, and you guys got to know I was wanting knowledge because I don't drive more than six hours. If I can't afford to fly and it's more than six hours, I'll FaceTime you. Because something happens at the six-hour mark, I get angry. Not about anything in particular, just my situation. And anybody that's in the car gets my anger. And anybody on the road. I'm mad at the people who are in front of me. I'm mad at my kids. They could be asleep, but I'm mad at them. Because I'm still in the car. Are y'all following me? So I really wanted to know how to help build this church. And so I went to this conference. And we went to this um, we went to this conference, so we, we were frugal, we were, I mean, and we were poor, and so we were trying to save money, and so we went to this hotel. I don't even know if it was a hotel. Maybe it was a motel, but I'm not even sure it qualified as that. I think the M would be gone. It would be like hotel <laughs> is all it was, and we had a few of our staff members there, and um, I can neither confirm or deny if you could pay by the hour to stay there, and the mattresses had the plastic on it. You know how you, when you lay on the mattress, you hear the plastic? Yeah, that was where we were staying. And my assistant at the time, this sweet girl, she was like, Pastor, it's okay. I brought a blanket. I'll wrap in it and lay on top of the comforter. I was like, I told the guy who was with me, our, uh, he's become my, my right-hand guy. I was like, we should probably move hotels. So we went from the hotel to the La Quinta. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. We got an upgrade. Hello, somebody say upgrade. The Quinta from the hotel. <laughs> How many of you know, though, when it's hard to transition a season when it feels like God's taking you from an upgrade to a downgrade? The Bible says that Saul was a man of war, that he was a good looking man, that he was a man of great stature. 
God tells Samuel, reject him. And I got this teenager at Jesse's house that you need to go. Hold up, God. You're wanting me to go from a season where I have an experienced king and you want me to now anoint a teenager who, by the way, won't even assume the throne for several years. I'll anoint him and he'll go back watching sheep. See, whenever it looks like God is taking you down a step, it is hard to move to the transition. Now, if he'd have said, hey, Samuel, I just want you to know I'm taking you from La Quinta to Ritz-Carlton. Come on, somebody. It would have been like, it's my season. I'm stepping into my Ritz-Carlton season. I got, the, I got the TV behind the bathroom mirror. I got a telephone in the toilet. I don't even know why you need it. You got cell phones now, but I'm happy it's in there. I am stepping into my, anybody going into their Ritz-Carlton season. Come on. But here's what I want you to know, is that even though it may look like a downgrade with our God, a downgrade is never a downgrade if it looks like it in the natural, because in the spiritual, it's always an upgrade. He's always taking me from victory to victory, from glory to glory. He's always taking me from greater to greater. He's never taking me downhill. He's always taking me uphill. So even if I look like I'm stepping into a downgrade, it's really an upgrade to a greater thing because David would become the greatest king Israel ever had. David would become the one who through his line, the Messiah would come on the scene. He was greater than Saul. It would be David who they said Saul killed his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. Don't let your natural eye fool you into thinking that what God is doing in your next season of life is not an upgrade. Look at it through eyes of faith and go, if God is moving me, he is only moving me to a greater thing because he is not the God of lack. He is the God of abundance. Somebody give him a shout of praise in this house. Come on, it's revival nights. How about we get the band to come on up? I'm about to land the plane. Because my baby's plane is about to land over at the airport. He says, how long are you going to, I've rejected him. He says, fill your horn with oil and move on. Fill your horn with oil and move on. Look at me. Here's what I believe the word of the Lord is for you. Get your horn. Get the oil of God's anointing. It's time to move on. You've been stuck too long resuscitating what God's rejected. It's time to move on. The oil is what they would pour over the head when they anointed the king. It meant that they were set apart for a special assignment. They would also do it on the priest whenever Aaron in the Old Testament was anointed. The Bible says that the oil of God's anointing dripped off of his beard and down off of the edge of his garment. It also represents the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the breaker. He has the ability to break things that have held you and bound you in your life. Jesus was the anointed one. Christ isn't his last name. It wasn't Mary and Joseph Christ and they had Jesus Christ. It means he is the anointed one. And if you are in Christ, 
you are anointed. It's not something that is now set apart only for select people like kings and priests, but it is available to every believer. You are anointed. You are anointed. God has taken the horn with his oil in it and has poured it over your life and has anointed you to do great things. God has anointed you to step into greater seasons, to accomplish great purpose in your life. Are you following me? And so I just came tonight to tell you this, to get your own horn, get your oil. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. It's time to move on from bitterness in your life tonight. It's time to move on from disappointment in your life tonight. It's time to move on from what it would have been, could have been, should have been. It wasn't. If you could have changed it, you would have changed it by now. It's time to move on. It's time to step into the new thing. Come on, stand to your feet if you believe that destiny is on the inside of you. If you believe that God has purpose for you. If you believe that God has a greater season ahead for you. Give him a shout of praise. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Come on, shout until...